You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and we're pleased to be joined at this time, as we are every Wednesday, by the esteemed editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com, Bob Labriola. How you doing, Labs? You uh, down off the ledge yet? <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you guys if you're doing this uh, from a remote at the uh, ledge there at the Fort Duquesne Bridge or not. <laughs> are you waiting for next Wednesday? <laughs> the fans sure seem to be headed to the edge. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I think most of them were there about 445 on Sunday. Yeah, no but, doubt. Uh, it's certainly a disappointing loss. But, again, one in, 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 in 17 games this season. Um, Steelers get another opportunity this week to uh, to bounce back. Um, I thought there were some positives offensively to take out of that, and I know I'm a, always a glass half full guy. But Bob, I thought the, that seeing Fryermuth and Najee Harris utilized in the passing game in the second half a little bit more was a step in the right direction. Yeah, um, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I just uh, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to. It's hard to, for me to um, look back on that game with a lot of uh, glass half full thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm uh, suicidal or anything, but uh, you know, it just it. it um, I don't know. I, I especially offensively, I didn't see a whole lot. Um, you know, maybe there was a. Uh, an individual improvement or two, and you mentioned two of the guys who, you know, you could point to, I think, and, you know, make a legitimate case that they were better than they were the previous week. And uh, being that they're both rookies and you know, all that stuff, I, I think that, you know, hopes are high for them to continue on this path throughout the season. But, you know, the run-pass ratio is still bad. Um, you know, you take away Najee's two 14-yard runs, I mean, in the running game was zero, I think. Um, and, you know, I was talking to Mike Pursuto about this. Um, you know, a lot of uh, post-game speculation, angst from the fans, et cetera, was the fourth and one from the um, Steelers' 34-yard line in the fourth quarter. I think it was eight minutes left or something. Um, and Mike Tomlin elected to punt. Um, and, you know, uh, Mike and I were going back and forth with it and we ended up agreeing that the punt was probably the way to go even though I will admit that as Fryermuth was getting tackled a yard short of the first down on third and six after that reception my immediate thought was you got to go for it here but then you know as the as the players unpiled a little bit I started thinking well, what am I going to call not only that but if you don't get it you're, they're in field goal range. The game's over. I understand. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but what I'm saying though is, is that even though um, I think that going for it was the way to go, way to approach the situation, uh, the fact that there wasn't anything apparent that you could call and have a remote bit of confidence in it working makes you punt. Because as you said. Then if you don't get it, the game's over. They're they're in field goal range. If the lead goes from or the deficit from the Steelers' standpoint goes from nine to twelve, and you need two touchdowns. Um, but I mean that that to me is a a pretty serious.
serious indictment, I think, that in that situation, um, there's really nothing that came to my mind anyway. There's no bread and butter. I would say, right, right. this is, you know, give it to Jerome. <laughs> right, right, about to say the exact same thing. You know, or run behind or, Fanica or, you know, right. Or throw it to A.B. Yeah. You know, I mean, or Heath. Um, there just didn't seem to be, and I'm not, I'm not saying that the personnel necessarily is lacking. It may sound that way based on, you know, some, I was pointing to some individuals. Um, but the, the, the offense at, at this point, I mean, I don't know, I don't know it, what, the, what its identity is. Is there an identity? Is there a go-to thing, aspect, player um, that, you, that you can turn to uh, in a difficult situation? Uh, and um, I was hoping, I have to be honest, I'm, I wasn't saying, I was expecting it to look like, uh, I don't know, Air Coriel or anything, but I also didn't think that after two full games um, I would be looking at it and with this much bewilderment, let me put it that way. Yeah, it's all well said. And, you know, just take a couple steps back there. You know, Dale brought up Fryermuth and Harris and, you know, in general, the Steelers are playing a lot of rookies, and with the exception of Ben, they're a very young football team right now, and that's not to excuse what's happened. You know, I mean, you got to go out there. If you're between the white lines, it's, you know, go, go, go. But, you know, we were talking in the last segment. I respect Cincinnati to some degree, but if you see it again this week, I've had about enough. You know what I mean? Like, it, you guys, this is the third game together. It's a lot of the same people. Uh, I'm done with the excuses after the, after this week. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I've been done. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. done uh, pretty much with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> when, no, as I was sitting yeah. there, really, and I'm thinking, if if I was wearing the headset and the head coach said to me, okay, we're going for it, and I had to call a play in 30 seconds, no way. There's no way. I don't even know if I could have done it after a timeout. And an extra long commercial break, or three days later, because yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't know that, I, or I, I, I just don't know what I would call because I just haven't seen anything, you know, that I that I would feel comfortable hanging my hat on or putting the game on the line in that situation. Because Dale, I agree with you. If you don't get it, they kick a field goal pretty much after run, you know, running a couple of minutes more off the clock. And so then it's six minutes or maybe even less, uh, and you're down two touchdowns, which, um, based on what I'd seen offensively and then defensively kind of, um, you just don't think that there's that it's possible to come back from that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, again, a little disappointed in uh, what, what we've seen from the offense, what we haven't seen maybe more accurately from the offense through two games. Yeah, I agree. I, I did – just really dislike, however, like I had a lot of people throw this in my face because I, I said I would have punted there, not necessarily for the reasons that you did, but you're throwing 34, and there's more than eight minutes left. It, it turned out not hurting them. They, it, they, it worked. It out. took two it minutes off right, the yeah. clock, but then people when Harbaugh did it that night, people came back at me. Well, see Harbaugh, he did. Look, he asked his quarterback if he wanted to go, and he you said. Harbaugh asked Lamar Jackson if he wanted to go, knowing what Lamar Jackson was going to say. <laughs> That's almost like a scripted thing. Like, yeah. You, you think Lamar's going to be like, no. Of course he's going to say yes. And, oh, by the way, Harbaugh has Lamar Jackson. Right, right. The right. best, not just the best running quarterback in today's game, but maybe of all time. 
stopping him on fourth and one is sure. Forget about right, it. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, I just, of Harbaugh course you're going to go for it. I mean, that was all for the TV cameras. Right, right, I mean, exactly. that was, I don't believe for one second that there was, he had any interest and what Lamar Jackson responded to that, <laughs> how do we even know what Lamar Jackson <laughs> Lamar responded? may have been screaming no. Yeah, they still were going for it. Because there was no camera on, the, on him, Lamar Jackson, and so you only have um, the Ravens' word for it. Um, <laughs> no thanks. Um, so, you know, again, I, I think that, that was all theatrical. That was one of those, um, you know, typical Harbaugh kind of things. Uh, so I don't, I don't put any stock in that in any way. Um, I don't think that he, he, he said that any, any, for any other reason but effect. I don't think um, Lamar Jackson's response would have mattered. I don't think Harbaugh was interested in what Lamar <laughs> Jackson's response was. I mean, it's like asking a little kid. Um, you want some you know, candy. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't uh, – I th- that to me is – you know, beyond meaningless. And one has nothing to do with the other. <laughs> I mean, right, right. They have nothing to do with the different situations. Right, right, right. Bob, the, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, finalists are out here, or the, the nominees this year. No, 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 no. Not finalists. The, the nominees, I should yeah. say. Yes. Uh, Heinz Ward on there once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath Miller on there. And uh, Casey Hampton on there. Anybody have a shot uh, of getting to the final 15 this year? Well, let me say, let, I, I, I do believe that um, I need to say this. Maybe you guys, guys have already touched on it, but uh, in order to give myself uh, the, the, some comfort here in answering this, the way I'm going to answer it, um, nominees, I mean, you just call up the Hall of Fame and say, I want to nominate um, Richard Huntley. <laughs> and Richard Huntley's nominated. I mean, that's, that's all that it is. That's, that's the process. Yeah, right. That's. That's where we are right now. Anybody can call and nominate anybody. And so being nominated um, means nothing, nothing. Um, So, okay, now let's get to your question. Um, Hey, I love Heath Miller. You know, Casey Hampton, too, a good player, good teammate, good guy in the locker room, all that stuff. Neither one of those guys are Hall of Fame worthy. They're just not. I mean, Mm uh, they're both going to end up in the Hall of Honor. I mean, I, I, I right. feel very, very confident about that. Uh, two-time Super Bowl champions, uh, players who will um, be revered by the Steelers organization and Steelers fans uh, as long as this uh, the, this team has a charter and all of that stuff. But, I mean, Hall of Fame, I mean, that that's just absurd. I mean, um, it just is. You, uh, Casey Hampton, again. And, and I hate doing this because it always comes across as kind of cutting down his career. And that's not what I mean, but I'm just trying to explain the difference between Hall of Fame caliber and, or as some guy always refers to it, he, had, he does his own little, the Hall of Very Good. I think both of those guys would be in the Hall of Very Good. Mm-hmm. But Casey Hampton came off the field on third downs. Sure. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, and, and Heath Miller... Uh, I, I don't. I may be wrong. He may have led the Steelers in receiving one year. The Steelers in receiving, which is not not to be confused with leading the league in receiving. Yeah, I think he did the year he won. He was team MVP, I think, in 2012. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, that, that was that the was, era of Tony Gonzalez and Gates and Witten and, you right. know, I mean, I mean, he's just not as good as I those mean, guys. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kelsey, you know, he has more catches in a month than in some <laughs> right, seasons. Right, right. Seriously, that, course, that yeah. Heath did. And that, that's, I mean, and again, I'm not, um, I'm not demeaning Heath Miller's career. I'm just telling you that when those guys get in that room and start talking about these players, um, the, the statistics, uh, it, you, you just, you can't get to the final 15 with those kinds of statistics uh, that, that Casey Hansen and, and Heath Miller would put forth there to the group. And there's not enough people who have seen them play enough to really have any kind of um, in-depth knowledge of the nuances that they were able to bring to either the Steelers' defense or the offense, or the, in the case of Heath Miller, the fact that he was very likely the best two-way tight end in the league during his era, but you don't get credit for blocking for running plays. I mean, two gapping um, at it, the nose, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, Hines has Hines has some of the stats. You know, the thousand catches, Super Bowl MVP, um, some of the the gaudy little baubles that I think you need to you know work your way through the early rounds of voting. Uh, you know, I, I think Heinz Ward uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame based on some of the other uh, people who have been elected. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be his year or not. I, I really, I really don't. I just know that it seems to be getting more and more difficult for receivers um, to crack uh, to crack through the gates because you know passing stats are just they're just it's it's like fantasy football. It's video game stats uh, at this point. Yes. Uh, and now it's going to be 17 games, yeah, which is going to inflate oh, yeah. them even more. Uh, and the way the ball's thrown all around, I mean, the, the way the the rules continue to be um, made and then remade, and then the way the game is officiated, uh, it's 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 almost stupid not to be throwing the ball a lot because it's just easier. Uh, and they they don't call holding as much as they used to. Uh, they're much more uh, likely to get a. Uh, Ticky tack illegal contact penalty or path deep, deep defensive pass interference. Um, so, you know, throwing the ball is uh, mandatory in the NFL in this era. So it's making easy. It's making it more difficult for receivers. Their statistics are um, appear watered down, and you know, again, but um, I would, I would, if you're asking me if who has a chance. Among those three guys, the only one I would pick is Heinz Ward. Because our, our, our me, guess he, is – oh, sorry. Yeah. Our no, guess okay. is – go ahead. Okay, I'll give it to you real quick. There's a difference between deserving to get in and being electable. Sure. Our guest is Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest at Steelers.com. Uh, and I'll say this, Bob. Um, Peter King is going to start pounding the drum again for Steve Tasker. Oh, boy. And if Steve Tasker ever – ever makes the final 15 they should just close the hall of fame <laughs> i don't care if he's the greatest special teams player in the history of special teams you know who else was a really good special teams player heinz ward fred mcafee heinz ward was a really good special teams player the one year that the steelers had him do it and then he became too valuable to put out there on special teams because he was the leading receiver on his team steve tasker was never that on any of his teams he played 15 oh, snaps I, I, a game. You know, I, 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 and I would extend it, Dale. 
I would have never voted for Ray Guy. I would have never, never voted for a punter. I would have never voted for Ray Guy or any punter ever. It's ever. the same. Like I, the Adam Vinatieri stuff comes up all the time. Oh, he's an automatic Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. He's a kicker. He plays six yeah. snaps a game. How do you tell a guy like a, a Rondé Barber was a finalist this year or Heinz Ward or Alan Fanica? Yeah, we're going to put this kicker in. But you guys who played, you know, 175,000 snaps in your careers, you don't get to go in. This guy played eight, eight snaps a game. See, I think it's two different conversations, though. Like, Justin Tucker, to me, is a Hall of Famer. But if it means Alan Fanica doesn't get in that year, then he isn't. Then he's because there always is going to be, you know. There's always going to be that argument, though. Right. I don't care if you're the best kicker of your, of your era. Um, I'm sorry, you're on the field six or seven times a game. Yeah. That's not enough. Hester's up this year, too. Yeah, what makes him better than the best long snapper of all time? <laughs> um, you know, yeah, and, and it, it, returning, I would say, would get uh, some consideration, but you'd also have to be a position player. you got to play some kind of yeah. position. Hester's yeah, going to be um, an interesting one to me, Devin Hester. Hester? Yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah, I see. And let me let me just – you know, disqualify myself immediately in this. I don't know enough about him as a player. What did, what position would, would they uh, kind of neither? They, the they, they played him. They tried corner, him at quarterback. They, they tried. He's like Cordero Patterson, who's now a they, running back. They apparently. give him end arounds, <laughs> and he was a returner. <laughs> you know, yeah, but he yeah. may be the best one ever. Yeah, um, and certainly you know impact the game, and um, you know deserves a nice salary and. You know, go to the Pro Bowl a couple of times, but yeah, Hall of Fame to me. I, I you know, those that specialization to that degree um, is is just not it's just not worthy. And you know what you said, Matt. Um, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but if he's going to take a spot away from a real player, position player, then he doesn't deserve to go in. Well, that's that's the way, the way it goes. It's set up, yeah. so that's going to happen all the time. If he gets in, then somebody else does not. Um, and so that's why I, uh, I'm sorry, I just, I couldn't vote for a pure, pure special teams player unless the guy was, you know, a dynamic returner and a coverage guy and, you know, some other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't vote for Steve Tasker either. I didn't plan talking Hall of Fame with you, Labs, but I'm enjoying it. You know, just to take a step back, though. Vince Wilforks uh, is up this year, and it's similar to the Hampton conversation, but he has more jewelry and a little bit better known. What are your thoughts there? You, you too. I don't know. What, 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 what kind of stats does he have? They're you know bad. What I mean? There's none. There's none. Well, yeah. then, he, then yeah. uh, you know, uh, because I'll tell you what the problem is to me, too. Too much uh, um, is given, too much credence is given to guys who are on television. Oh, yeah. Or in the media that are still relevant, you know, still see their um, face. Yeah, because someone actually said to me, told me this, and I will never reveal who it was, but in the conversation about John Madden, one of the people in the room when he was, at the, you know, at the la- at the end, when they bring up the name and they're debating him, brought up, well, you know, we should consider him too because, you know, that video game is named after him. Right, right. Which influences you know, this, the league. You know, Steve Sables, the Sables are in, but that's not. I'm with you. That's though. a Don't contributor. Me. That's yeah, different. yeah. It's a contributor. Madden yeah. went in as a coach. He's a coach. Right. The video game doesn't get you in as the coach. It, you know, being on the set for one of the national um, pregame shows doesn't get you in the Hall of Fame. It's the LeBeau argument, Bob, because when when Dick LeBeau went in. 
uh, when they voted on him, they weren't allowed to consider what he had done as a coach, right. as an assistant coach. Like, oh, he can't take that into consideration. This is just about him, the player. Well, if that's the case, then you can't consider what John Madden, oh, he was on mm-hmm. Monday Night Football all those years. I don't care. And I'm not taking anything <laughs> away from Bill Cowher, but I'm sure it's helped him and Jimmy Johnson's case. They're, you see their face, they're more relevant. You see them all the time. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. And, you know, and um, so, but anyway, and, and, and really, Dale, and uh, when they say, you know, it's like being on a jury in a courtroom and they say, uh, jury, disregard that last remark. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, <you> can, <laughs> I heard it. It's I a, heard the, it. The genie is out of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, well, I, I you know, yeah. I, I was in that meeting two years ago, uh, Bob, and and some of these defensive linemen came up to to, to your point. Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour yeah, and, yeah. and uh, the guy for uh, uh, Bryant Young mm-hmm. were both finalists. And when you mentioned their stats as compared to some of the other guys, it's like, well, they're defensive tackles. So yeah. you know, they got fifty sacks. Yes, they were great players. They were dominant players, but and, and they won rings and did all that stuff, but they don't have the stats. It's a hard argument. Yeah. I mean, Cortez Kennedy's in. I mean, he doesn't have stats. I mean, he was, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think Vince Wilfork's a Hall of Fame type player, but I, I wouldn't want to make the case for him. I don't want to be his lawyer. It's a tough one to, right. yeah, tough one to, to make. on. The, I, it, you know, I go back to what uh, Ray Borges said, who's the, uh, the presenter for the, the Patriots, and, and he was presenting – um, Richard Seymour, and he said, we're supposed to believe that those three Patriots championship teams from the the, the early 2000s uh, was Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and a bunch of slappies out there running around because the, the only one, the only other one who's in the Hall of Fame is Ty Law, Ty Law yeah. and that's it. Well, yeah, Ray, that's kind of, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's not exactly the Super Steelers where they ran the same Team back right. time and time again every year, year after year. That's kind of the, right, the right. you know the, pay, the the quote unquote patriot way is hurting him in that situation. Yeah, traded Richard Seymour in his prime. Ernie Adams, put him in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because without him, all the all of the uh, the spine that Belichick <laughs> did wouldn't have worked. I knew where you were going with that, Bob. <laughs> Bob, how much fear of the Bengals do you have? A lot. Yeah, timing. Um, I, I really think that um, the Bengals. There's blood in the water. I mean, the Bengals smell the blood. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, there were, there were some sometimes, you know, in different era in a previous era where you know the Bengals actually did pretty well at Heinz Field against the Steelers. They never did very well against the Steelers at Paul Brown Stadium, but they always would give them a hard time. Won some games at Heinz Field, you know, against some good Steelers teams. Oh five, yeah, Ryan um, Carl Pickens deep, them. and you know, right. So. Um, you know, I, I I think that you know they got a new uh, regime, Zach Taylor. Uh, I think that uh, you know the Bengals are going to come in with the the uh, mindset of they don't really have a whole lot to lose. Everybody thinks they're going to finish last in the division. Um, you know, they're they're just remembered as being the Bengals, and so hey, the heck with it. Let's let's embrace it and uh, you know just play loose and and go after it. And uh, the, to me, the Steelers again. Uh, beyond the injuries, uh, you know, there, there's there's some very very difficult um, things that they're trying to work through. And if you go into that game against that Bengals offense without T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Joe Hayden, and Devin Bush, and if if, if Steelers fans think that you know it's going to be an easy day, they're going to you know get after the quarterback and 
be able to cover Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and, um, you know, all of that deal with Joe Mixon, that's delusional. It is. Um, the, you know, you can't lose – let me put it this way. The Steelers cannot lose the caliber of the players that I just mentioned and just pick it right up where they left off. I mean, I get the whole, you know, the standard is the standard and next man up, that's what the coach tells the players, you know, trying to get them to believe that. But, I mean, that's not really true. This is when a Bama. You lose that many guys. Bench, right, yeah. right, or we're that good. I mean, it just – because, really, James Pierre, nice player. He's a complimentary guy. Um, he might be pretty good when he's playing with Watt and Bush <laughs> and Hayden. But when he's out there by himself – He's James Pierre, uh, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, demean him, but he's just not at that level yet. Why you give Watt um, all that money? Right, that's why you give Watt all that money. That's why Hayden is still a number one cornerback at what is he, 32? That's why you trade up 10 spots in the first round for Devin Bush. I mean, these guys, you know, are um, what they are because of their unique skill set, and you just cannot subtract them, especially in groups from a lineup and expect that lineup not to uh, show the effects of their absence. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, well, Bob, that's going to do it for our half hour. Obviously, we could sit here and talk to you all night, but we're going to let you go so you can get home and uh, put your feet up a little bit and live in your fears. So <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah. Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation. Beloved Black and Gold. SNR.